thank you for listening to Movie Issues. And I'm all by myself today, so I watched the movie Rogue One out. Now I'm going to talk about it for an hour. And that's spooky. <laughs> that's what his solo <laughs> podcast would sound like. Unfortunately, that's why you're the sidekick. So yourselves blessed that <laughs> you're that my, Leland's here. You're my J to my Silent Bob. We are Movie Issues. We like to watch movies and then talk about them. As, as someone wrote on our Facebook once, we'd like to take the bite out of Hollywood. Uh, apparently they deserve it? Oh, yeah, no, they do. Do they? Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> do, do they? Is it a new thing that they deserve no. it, or are you because we watched today's movie and you're really just no, riled no, up? No, no, no. They, they've, <laughs> I mean, Three Stooges, Dumb and Dumber, or the possibility of a twin sequel. These are all reasons to hate Hollywood. Or in, the, in in today's reasoning, we're sticking with our music-themed movies. Mm. And this this was... Was this one of your picks? Let's not say that uh, the movie was picked as it was uh, eliminated from the worst movies we could watch. It's, <laughs> it's just simply being not as bad as the others. That'll do, Pig. Mm. So... Keeping in the theme, as I was saying, Josie and the Pussycats is the movie we watched today. But, so we thought we would talk about some of the other great cinematic achievements mm. that have come before or after Josie and the Pussycats, where we are focusing on a cartoon. Historic milestones in cinema. That has been turned into a live-action fiasco. Yeah, pretty much they've all turned... Well... No, no. Fiasco. Okay, well... Well, the so, ones that we're discussing are all terrible. All right. Well, well, the Flintstones. The Flintstones is uh, not good. Yeah, I don't know. No. Okay. It's not good. To be fair, Viva Rock Vegas. That's where. That's it's a at. sequel. <laughs> and I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about the first one with Rick Moranis. Oh. A young terrible, Halle Berry. Terrible casting choice for Rick Moranis to be Barney. Like, just uh, it makes no sense. Yeah. Just, but really, it makes no sense. Really, though, like. What's his face from the thing? Um, what? I can't remember his name. The thing. Uh, it, no, not the thing. I'm just being. Um, Are you talking random. about Fantastic Four? Nope. Kurt Russell. No, the thing is in as in a thing I don't have to know the name of. Okay. Baldwin. Well, working on it. Oh, so Steve, Billy Baldwin. No. Stephen Baldwin. Stephen in the Baldwin. Sequel. Yeah, that's much much worse. Is it? Yeah, I feel oh, that that's right in his wheelhouse on. of perfect. Oh, no, 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 no. Biodome was perfect. <laughs> it's not he Earth should, Hey, it ain't Earth Day yet. You don't talk about Biodome just yet. He should have quit right there. <laughs> really? You didn't think Threesome was his opus? <laughs> nope. Uh, no, no. I haven't Why seen do I know that many Stephen Baldwin movies? <laughs> There's no call for that. Kid, kid gets around. <laughs> uh, Flintstones is... I, I saw that... I haven't seen it since I was a kid. I saw, I think the one, no, I have to imagine I've seen it other than, you know, it was on probably on like TNT or TBS, fuck it, uh, USA all the time, Mm, like Saturday mornings or something. Yeah, Sharon Stone, that was Halle Berry's name in the movie. (laughs) She was, you know, I I thought John Goodman did a good friend, but he was the only reason. The worst cast. Oh, Rosie. Rosie. You know, for me, I think she was more digestible than Elizabeth Perkins as Wilma. I don't like her at all. 
don't exactly. remember. She's yeah. forgettable. And no, she's supposed but, to be the hot redhead. And you hired not a hot redhead. Yeah, so you, you would know and Elizabeth you hire Perkins. a not hot brunette to we'll play get, Betty? No, no, we'll get there in a minute. Okay, okay. <laughs> Slow your roll. Elizabeth Perkins. Rock and roll? Oh, <laughs> it's a living. You would know, you would know Elizabeth Perkins played um, on Weeds. She played the, the, the friend to, uh, oh. the, you know, the bitch friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was Wilma. Huh. Yeah, not Wilma. Yeah. But you're right. Compared to oh. Rosie. Yeah. Look, bottom line, this whole movie was miscast. Except, Except for, John for Goodman. oh, I was gonna say Elizabeth Taylor was pretty good for her cameo. Um, oh, the B fifty twos were in it. I like them. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember when bands just snuck into shit like that? They randomly would show up. Yeah. For no reason. Weird places. You're like, huh? All right, that that's cool for the B fifty twos to be in a nightclub singing in the. Of course, the, you that know, makes total dinosaur sense. Dinosaur time. Um, singing rock lobster. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's the song they're singing, but no, really, no, if no, it wasn't, it was not. a terrible mistake. Fuck <laughs> yes. lobster! Everybody had matching towels. I'm not gonna lie, I love me the B52s, yeah, and you like, know that. So. I, I like some 52s. Ah, uh, I like the two 52s. Yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> so yeah, the Flintstones was just it. I, it was it was a weird flick that they did. It's the earliest that I can remember as far as like an animated I believe that was one show. of the other than like say Popeye. Oh, which snap. is also a terrible, terrible movie. Mm, I feel that's on the list somewhere. Um, and Popeye is directed by Robert Altman, which is why it was such a big deal when it came out. Because they're like, oh, Academy Award writing nominated, blah, blah, blah. Robert Altman. <laughs> you know who I meant. He's directing that movie about, about Popeye. The, a guy with the grossly huge forearms. Oh, the cancer arms? Yeah. But it's... <laughs> But you look at you like Rob Williams did a really good job as portraying Popeye. Yeah, yeah. And really, let's be honest, Shelley Duvall, wasn't she just kind of born to be olive oil? Yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, so Flintstones, I didn't I've I've watched it since, I think, and I remember just going like this does not work. It's a kids' movie straight out. Most of these are Granted. kids' movies, so therefore kids don't really need plot and themes, so they're okay. Y- you have to give it something. A little bit. Um, I also feel the same way about the Scooby-Doo movies, that you kind of watch them and you're like, okay, if you're a kid, maybe? Uh, you know what? I feel the Scooby movies and, like, Josie, like today's Josie, um, I feel they're for that younger teen audience. Um, tweens? Scoob- yes. Well, like, just young teen. Not necessarily, like, that 12, 11, but I think the, the general teenage, um crowd especially like when it comes to scooby i think scooby was trying to bridge teenagers and the 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 generation to come before them granted neither one ever saw (laughs) thanks (laughs) neither one ever saw a scooby-doo to be run live but run live well like not rerun oh right right yeah yep it's it's not good i do like Scrappy Doo though. See, and 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 that right there shows where you are on the spectrum of Scooby Doo. If you like Scrappy, you're not a real Scooby Doo oh, fan. Oh, no, 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 yeah. Scrappy well. is terrible. <laughs> he was he's the equivalent of jumping the shark. 
for a cartoon. <laughs> if any show had a short character who was tough, they automatically became my idol. That's all fair, but I'm just letting you know, Scrappy's I'm not wrong. cool, man. Out <laughs> of both the Scooby Doo movies, uh, Gun to My Head, I prefer Part Two only because Seth Green's in Part Two, and I find him to be funny. I do love Seth. Green. And they actually were fighting monsters in Part Two, where Part One it was the joke of the. Wait, you're Mr. Graves yeah, from the they, blah, blah, blah store. Like, they were actual ghosts in the sequel, and I thought that was more entertaining. But again, the casting in that, all the wrong people. Well, except for the... Matthew um, Lillard. Matthew Lillard and uh, Linda Cardellini as Velma. I thought those two were solid casting, but no. Mr. and Mrs. Freddie Prince. Oh, excuse me. Mr. and Mrs. Sarah Michelle. Because mm. really, he's not wearing the pants in that relationship. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. He's he's a better choice than her, I think. She just was playing Buffy with red hair, as far as I was concerned. <laughs> like, cause she had like all kung fu and shit. She's like, oh, I learned kung fu because I'm a private investigator, bitch. Shut up. The porn parody may have been better cast than <laughs> than the the Sarah Gellers. And now we know what Scrappy is the miss the aborted love child of Daphne and Scooby. <laughs> Zoinks. <laughs> Now, on to the ones that are not for us, <laughs> as if these were before. Well, at least they were timed right. We were young when they came out. Uh, Chipmunks. I remember when Jason Lee made good movies. No, no, I, I don't blame Jason Lee, man. A pimp got to work. You know what? He probably made those for his kids and bought a house. So, get on you, Jason Lee. I'm not going to be mad at it. I do, I do love him, but it, it was disappointing to see. That's a trilogy. Yeah. There are three of those. Yeah. <laughs> did all three go to theaters? Yeah. The first two did. They Third made all the money. <laughs> all the Yo Gabba Gabba money. <laughs> Same with the Smurfs. Yeah. It made all the money. <laughs> that's another one that's tough to believe. Now, I just was at the movie theaters a couple weeks ago and I saw the trailer for Smurfs 2. One, I wanted to slip my wrist. But I found it interesting is that they were still doing... Um, who let the dog out jokes like that was it was like the song was like it was 1999 again and my question to you at the time i we've talked about this before but i, was, I said it wouldn't it be more prudent to have something more i don't know up to date having a rap hip-hop kind of thing thrown in the middle is, is that still a thing well, wouldn't dubstep be more make more sense to throw into something now that's more current than who let the motherfucking dogs out? I don't know. That I wasn't current then. I feel like dubstep would send the child into a seizure. But better than him thinking that he that's cool because he likes let the dogs out. <laughs> that song has lived un like unnaturally long. You know what most people have forgotten now? The Macarena. But who let the dogs out lives on. I mean, there's there's maybe five years between those songs, but still. But I'm like, just saying. Oh, you know what? I bet weddings are still rocking the Macarena. Yeah, I mean, look at the fucking electric slide. Dude, I'm not going to lie. That shit is I st- eternal. I will boogie-woogie down on an electric slide number at a wedding. I'll, I'll admit, I've got no fucking clue how to do the electric slide. But it's not that hard. I mean, I, yeah. the 86-year-old grandmother usually have, rocking it. I have no idea what people are doing. That's fair. It, to me, it looks like five people know five different ways of doing it, and I cannot figure out the one move that unites them amateurs <laughs> <laughs> what about the yogi bear movie 
I never saw, but what I did I, see... I don't want to see. Oh, all right, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> what I did see and thought was fucking amazing is... Um, I don't know for sure, but, but I've heard that uh, the animation studio made this. It's Yogi and, um, and Boo Boo, and they do like the final scene from the assassination of Jesse James. Mm-hmm. And Boo Boo shoots Yogi with like a fucking shotgun. Yeah. It's it's six minutes of amazing. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> like you're watching two talking fucking bears and it's tense. <laughs> yeah, look that up online. Oh man, it's, it's, it's pretty good. It's good. And like watch the movie too. Like or, no, no no, Jesse James. The assassination oh, of Jesse like, James. I was like, really? No, no. You the assassination of Jesse Yogi? James. What my biggest problem with Yogi though <laughs> my biggest problem. This is where I draw the, the, the line in the sand. Is that they... His endorsement of obesity? <laughs> they, they cast Dan Aykroyd and Justin Timberlake to be the voices of Yogi and Boo Boo. They took their voices and then digitally and did shit to make them sound more like the original people that did it. Why don't you just get people that sound like that instead of having two sure actors who yeah. don't... Who were I mean? Well, because you could then then you could put Timberlake. I Aykroyd. understand the concept, but I'm yeah. just saying it's it's terrible when you you're watching it. You're just kind of like that's kind of Dan Aykroyd. There's, there's a hardworking uh, voice actor who's actually doing Yogi and Boo Boo in an actual cartoon, and that motherfucker gets passed over for a digitally altered. Justin Timberlake. Well, I don't know if you remember from a couple of years ago um, at the Academy Awards. Chris Rock was doing a presentation mm, for yeah. um, the Madagascar, best, the best animated feature, and he was saying like, "Oh, it's so easy. I don't got to get, I don't got to get dressed right. Yeah. I can be a unbathed show. and a million dollars." And it was the voice acting community was pissed, yeah, because they're actors first who just act for voicing. Mm-hmm. And I listen to a lot of podcasts from voice actors because I love voice actors, and I'm on their side. Mm-hmm. Tone it down, Rock. You know what? You played a zebra. And necessarily, you didn't play a zebra. You're, You're just Chris Rock as a zebra. They just gave you lines. You yeah. read them. They animated it. Yeah, that, like, that whole series of films is just kind of like, huh. You know, so you just got four actors to act like themselves and put their faces in animals. Yeah, yeah. You're not really doing anything up. You know, It's not like Mike Myers, who clearly is doing a voice he's playing a scottish ogre yeah you can't i mean you know mike myers so you know it's mike myers but you're not see what you feel what i'm saying here no i'm angry too okay i wasn't going for that okay (laughs) i too share your emotion we are mutual in our feelings so josie and the pussycats is a film from 2001 i'm moving on (laughs) it's directed by harry and deborah Oh, <laughs> I, I know there'd be two directors. You know, you know Harry and Deborah, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's directed by Harry Elfont and Deborah Kaplan, who are uh, two writing comedy writers who graduated together from the same school, I believe, and they are the masterminds behind "Can't Hardly Wait," which is oh, one man. of my favorite movies we in do the whole like world. That movie, yeah. So I thought for sure I would like this. How Still, wrong I was. Based based off of an Archie comic. Yeah, that's that that in itself is the problem. I've never read an Archie book, and I like I, I like comics. I read 
I read one. Oh, I read that thing from a couple years ago where um, Archie is like he decides to marry Betty, and then and then like, have you ever heard of this? No. It, it it was this big thing in the comic book world. Say he, fi- the, he finally settles down. No, sort of. But I read. A com- I work at a comic book shop, so people were ordering this left and right. He Here's decides it. to go out for a walk one night, uh-huh. and one path he takes is. He marries Betty, has two kids, goes about his business happily ever after. And a couple issues later, it's him back on the walk, chooses the other path, and he marries Veronica and goes through this alternate, the Elseworld fucking Archie. And, wow. and it, was, it was like a six-issue arc that sold tons and tons of copies. He met Kiss a couple months ago, and that's yeah, not a series. That's a thing. Yeah. The latest Archie comic that just came out this last week. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this weird shit? I'm sitting. Okay. So. Okay. There's a character on the show Glee that, I, I guess it's a girl who, who's stupid. Okay. Archie lives in her locker. What? Yeah. Go with me. She opens her locker and then the Glee world and the Archie world combine. And it's like Archie and Glee characters singing and dancing in a comic. You're saying a we lot of We sold out of it. You're saying a lot out, of things out, dude. That I hate. <laughs> but Archie, like these are based off Archie characters in a cartoon. Yeah. Josie and the Pussycats. But what I think is funny though, where's the Archie movie? They, there was a made-for-TV yeah, one once that was terrible. Which, but I'm like just saying, dark and shit. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It's, but I'm just saying, like. Why hasn't his studio dropped on... Is there a TV show? Like a live action show or something? Like Gossip Girl meets Archie and he like fucking bangs all these chicks or something? Yeah, if they did it now, it would have to be something more like that instead of like the Archie world that at least I think I know is uh, like an eternal leave it to beaver. So the the basic idea behind this particular movie is it's Josie and the Pussycats are living in Riverdale? Riverdale. Riverdale, where the Archie characters are, but they're not in this movie. No. Um, Like... They like a walk-on background shot of like Jughead, which is really like the only one that you would recognize yeah. if they were a real person because you'd be maybe, wearing that maybe, stupid hat. Maybe Moose, because he's just big. I don't know. I think maybe, like hell, maybe they were, and we just didn't catch it because yeah, we didn't care enough. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I was real heavy on the notes in the first half of this movie, and then I gave up. It's because I did start talking to you because I, I lost interest in the movie. I was like, so what'd you do today? <laughs> How was your work weeks going so far? Right on, man. Yeah, it was um, this is a rough flick to sit through. But I didn't dislike it. I just don't care. It's just blah. This is a... It's meh. Josie and the Pussycats is trying to do a lot. Yes. And I, and a lot I think, of big ideas. I think it's a big flaw of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if I could... For a minute, critique this as if it was real cinema. Oh, go right ahead. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats attempts to be a social commentary on the current youth culture. Correct. The music industry. At the same time, being a... uh, Slapstick? Farce? uh, Satire? Mess? Yeah. Um, And at... and, And you can recognize all these things. It's like, oh... This is how they're doing this. But think of all these as strings and then let your cat play with it. (laughs) And that's what Josie and the Pussycats turns out to be. You essentially saved me from saying all that. (laughs) And we all know how long it takes me to say things. So you say, you 
Right on, man. So let's focus on the chicks. Josie and the Biscuits in that show. Yeah, (laughs) Josie is played by Rachel Lee Cook, who Uh. I like. Rachel Lee Cook is cool. Uh, Valerie is played by Rosario Dawson, who Mm. I love. Um, And then it gets down to Melody, who is played by Tara Reid. Yeah. Who is... A hot mess for the moment she walks on stage. <laughs> you know, I don't think she ever has a back to a shirt. No, she's a little hippie. You know, hippies don't wear bras or shirts. <laughs> and she, <laughs> she's I snorted. That's how much I hate Tara Reid. I'm snorting do, at her obscenity. Do, do hippies <laughs> just tie fabrics to their to the fronts of them? I'm sure they and do the, somewhere. The back backless. Yeah, probably. That's weird. And she's a sundress chick. Come on, we went to high school in the 90s. We know girls like her in the movie. Yeah, she didn't bathe. That's what I'm saying. Except that one time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where she is singing hap- uh, Happy, Happy and You Know, you know it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. And she drops the soap to clap every, every time. Three times in a row. Because, I mean, the rule of three must be. But it didn't make it funny in this. No. Uh, she is awful. She's not. Well, you, the thing the thing is, you said she's an idiot savant in the movie, like the character, not Tara Reid. When I start dogging, <laughs> yeah, Tara Reid is not an idiot savant by any means. Um, she has like weird boobs now, but the character is like an idiot savant in the film. Um, I and really, I think that's only uh, a thing that you that is done currently, like idiot savant. I think, you know, probably in the comic, just idiot, you know. At the time, you know, of of, cre- of the creation for the character, just idiot. Do you but feel that you they, can't they have just read the comic? Yeah, well, they had to. There's a lot of references going on. Okay, well, like they that, call they call back the fact that there's a cartoon and a comic book to this. That's that's the best times. line in the movie is when the the brother and sister, who are their managers, who just kind of hang out with the band. I think one's a manager and the other one's a bitch. Yeah, and the and, and the manager looks looks at the bitch. He's just like, "Why are you here?" And she's like, "Oh, I was in the comic. No, I was in the cartoon." And, and it just kind of settles there. It, it like skips it a couple beats. And you're beat. like, huh. And it, you're like, all right, that was kind of a meta joke. And then they go about the plot as if it yeah. wasn't said. Yeah. To me, best line in the movie right there. Also, Parker Posey's dress with the feathers because it made me giggle. Because it's stupid. Good old Parker Posey. Parker Posey and Alan Cummings are the bad guys in this, playing Wyatt and Fiona. Uh, they're they're the record executives, the evil evil record yes. executives who want you to sell out and go corporate because money is all it's about. It has nothing to do, zero to do with the music. They could turn anybody into a star. Yeah. And when this came out in two thousand one, there's a lot to be said about that particular. Yes, this kind is. Of this is height of the boy band craze. Yeah, this the, re- is... the return of pop, if you really want to look at it as a whole. Mm. But but bear with me. Yes, the boy band craze led that charge. But pop music had kind of eased out a little bit by the end of the 90s because we were all angry still. Well, I, like, I... Alternative and grunge was more in. And then, for some reason, like Britney and the boy bands all kind of struck at the right yeah. time. And then, here we are. And, and they're still around. You know what? To they're on tour still. To be to be granted, they're honest, all tour all together, yeah. which is, and they're <laughs> they're touring your local Indian casinos. It's like, in KOTB ninety eight degrees, the BSB tour. <laughs> 
I saw a sign for it at the mall, and I was like, wow. "What the fuck is this shit? Really? <laughs> Y'all couldn't sell out a venue on your own, so you're just gonna roll up to the Indian Casino together and call it a day?" You know, what's ridiculous is New Kids on the Block is on that bill. Is it ridiculous because they're still pimping out right stuff, or is it ridiculous that some of them legitimately have a good career and don't need to still be in the band? I'm talking uh, to you, Wahlberg. He's a good actor, but he doesn't get that much work. What are you talking about? He's, he's, he's got a TV show, man. Is he? Yeah. Which one? He's Blue Bloods, man. Oh. He's the second lead to Tom Selleck. It's well, him and Magnum. <laughs> granted, but when the don't, lead don't, is don't, Tom don't, Selleck. Don't you dare talk shit about Magnum. Magnum in our house is sacred. <laughs> that stash, I think, saved my parents' marriage. <laughs> Call time technically goes Selleck stash. <laughs> Selleck. <laughs> and then an hour later, <laughs> Wahlberg. Wahlberg. He, hey, he was Band of Brothers. I give that kid yes, respect. Yes, no, absolutely. So, Mad yeah. respect. Um, but he's the only one. <laughs> no, my point is, they're fucking 50. Wow, 50 is a bit much, I think. I mean, they're clearly 40. <laughs> okay, they're in their 40s. I'm uh, only harking on you because I'm pushing one of those numbers, and I just want you to be aware that I am older than you. So watch it. Only a little. It's like... <laughs> Not gonna tell you which number I'm pushing, but it's one of them. There's a number. It's, it's not the big one. <laughs> uh, Rachel Lee Cook, Rosario Dawson, and Tara Reed are the Pussycats. The Pussycats, and just simply the Pussycats. They're not Josie and the Pussycats, right? Because they're in it together, equally. Friends forever. Forever, and uh, they're not very popular. They're playing bowling alleys and street corners. Not the street corners I'd like to find them on, or two of the three anyway. But they, uh, they're struggling musicians who are the only individuals in the town of River, River, Riverdale, but the entire movie. It's so weird. Like, there's a lot... Like, the, the, the movie, like I said, is the, kind of this social commentary. A lot of... Um, conformity goes through the entire movie there's a scene very early where you see an aerial view of the street that Josie and the girls live on and every house has the same cars painted the same like all of this and then there's this ugly fucking shanty of a house which is their house that is their house that is actually leopard spotted yeah yeah their house is fucking terrible which goes to show being individual is a bad idea. <laughs> their their music by the evil corporation. Um, the 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 plot, I guess, if you will, is really on the idea that this evil corporation are putting subliminal messages into the popular music to conform the youth of today. Mm-hmm. So it's got you know, Mister Movie Phone telling you. Good old movie phone. Yeah, remember that? There's a dude at the Starbucks, sounds like movie phone. Could be him. I'm sure movie phone's not a thing anymore. But, like, you know, you're listening to your music, but the, the messages underneath it are just like, buy Nike. Yeah. Buy Coke. Orange is the new black. You know, shit like that. And, and they portray that very, very hyper-realistic in the film in the sense of, it's instantaneous. Like these girls walk into the Virgin Record store and they're like, "Oh my god, I love Pink. It's all about Pink." They hear one song, 
and they're like, oh my god, I gotta go get everything in orange. And they run out of the store. Yeah. And it's played up in that that sense of, you know, kids are kind of, they'll do that shit. Yeah. Why? Well, you know, now we know that the government is putting subliminal messages. It wasn't the government. It was They were just, working with them. Well, no, the, they were trying to sell the idea to the government. Oh, I thought they were all working in No, they're, they're, they were selling uh, this uh, super effective subliminal messaging. Oh, my bad. I thought the government yeah. was in on it. Um, but the movie, like every... I'm sorry, I didn't pay attention to the hardcore plot of Josie and the Pussycats. That's why you got me, sir. <laughs> The movie every ten minutes or so, ten to fifteen minutes, or maybe every two two to three scenes montage. Uh, well, there is a music video, which is why it actually shows up uh, in this month's music deal because there's a lot of montages that there's a lot of music in this. Yeah, that that pushed the pushed the movie through, but um, every all the extras and all the 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 characters change color. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, you're right. Like, they were changing styles, color of clothes, yeah. hairstyles, continuously like, through the film. Yeah, any, until you anytime, mentioned that, I didn't think about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, anytime you can kind of gather that time has changed more than a couple days to a week, there's a... Every, and everybody, it's everybody. Yeah, around them. Uh, wears a new color. Yeah. it You know, it's orange, and then it's blue, and then it's purple, and then it's, you know, lighter blue. You know, and it, it's... It's one of these things that's just really hammered into the movie that uh, everyone in the, by everyone I guess everyone eighteen and younger um, is hopelessly brainwashed by uh, by the music except for like the one goth girl who you know wants to <laughs> yeah give... but they got her later in the movie anyway yeah, though yeah, so it doesn't yeah. matter her and her Susie and the Banshee T-shirt <laughs> yeah it, like I said it's just one of these things that the movie is really trying to drill into your head but what's what i mean to me and maybe it's because i'm far from this demographic now which what yeah (laughs) i am not 18 anymore (laughs) what's weird is that it's so focused on children well teenagers teenagers you say children well not like little children killer children it's so focused when it seems like this could be so much more effective on actual adults like, you could get shit done if you were brainwashing adults. Because adults also listen to music. Do they? Now, last time <laughs> I checked... And, and tell, tell me this. You mean other than, say, Prince and the Beatles, right? Because that's all we've listened to for so weeks. <laughs> From research I've done on the internet, uh, it's... And, and again, like I guess it's just simply because this is a teenage movie. You're only gonna really show things through the teenage perspective, and that is that fuck adults. There are none in this movie that don't have direct lines, and they and are also bad guys. Yeah, so all the the adults are like the the villains. Yeah, they're all the, yeah. bad guys. Fiona, Nightcrawler, the the government. <laughs> You, it amazes me how many people that you rail, you recognize, but you never know their big thing that they did. Like you, Nightcrawler comes on, and you're and you. I saw it too. There was a twinkle this, in your eye. You were like, I know that cat. This entire and, movie, I was like turning kind of cockeyed. Like that person's familiar. Yeah. I have no idea why. <laughs> but their just face is. You just turned to me. me. You're like, who is that? And I already know, which is yeah. sad for me. But 
Yeah, you, you had to look, you're like, I think I know who that X-Men is, but I'm not positive. And then when I said that, it's fucking Nightcrawler. You're like, oh, that's it. It's true. Um, In your defense that you did say, that's what I thought, he just looked younger. Uh, yeah, and it was in my head, like, is it, isn't it, is it, isn't it? Uh, he looks so weird. Which I thought was kind of funny because I went and saw Seth Green, who has a cameo in this, but he was at a Star Wars convention talking about when he auditioned to play Nightcrawler. So I thought that was kind of funny in my oh, mind. that, that could have been good. It, it, he says it wasn't great. It, it would have been story. different. It would have been different. Not, Wait, is this a story where he shows up actually blue? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've heard that story yeah. before. But <laughs> yeah, where he's like cleaning himself off in like the WB bathroom <laughs> yeah. and like the Supernatural guys like walked in like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> it's just like, you're cleaning yourself off in a sink in the, in the CW. <laughs> uh, no, way to go the extra mile. Yeah, it Which is funny. Oh, I won't even make it more meta. So, okay, Can't Hardly Wait's lead, Ethan Embry. Mm-hmm. He was originally cast to be Nightcrawler. Yeah. But because of some sort of contract with a show, and maybe Brian Singer didn't like him, what's his name got the gig? Well, we all so Nightcrawler really is the central theme of this particular movie. Absolutely, uh, which comes into play when he disrobes all his pretty, I guess, at the end of the movie, and becomes a what was it, Willie the Albino, White White Willie, White, white Willie, no, White White Butt Willie, White. Really, what's worse? Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you find out that Fiona Wally? and Wyatt Wally White Butt Wally. White Butt Wally. That's it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you find out that Wyatt and Fiona are actually just the product of their bullshit that they're selling. Is that they're tragic figures that want to? They just want to be liked. They want to be liked, so they pretend to be other. So Nightcrawler is actually like a creepy fat albino. Yeah, and then. What is it? Uh, Fiona has bad teeth. She's a lispy, a lisping uh, li- Lisa. Yeah, and then she's got like, oh, her teeth are gross. Yeah, she. That like, was uncalled for. You know, you could you have go, a lisp without the funky teeth. You know, when you go to Party City and the you see like teeth. the hillbilly teeth yeah. there, that's exactly what it was she's, gross. What she's got going on. It was on. gross. Yeah, and go ahead. What's weird and and let, let me know if you if if you're kind of on the on the same page as me. The end, the end of the movie finds the two villains just simply being caught up in their own facade, trying their best to be cool, being desperate, and that turning into villainy. Yeah, they're tragic characters. So, I guess what the movie wants to tell you is that the moral is to be yourself. Right. And somebody will like you. <laughs> yeah, because even at those least, two freaks found love. At least one person will like you. But... I kind of feel like that's as as much as that they would like you to believe that's the moral of the story. That only really comes up at the very end. Nowhere during the movie do you kind of feel like being yourself was really gonna work out for the better. Oh no, I disagree. Because when they're brainwashing uh, Josie and she's yeah. tra- you know becoming the solo artist, yeah. And her friends are, you know, being pushed to the side. I kind of feel that that they were trying to show at that same time is be yourself, your friends will stay together forever kind of thing. So I think the theme of being yourself was there. It just wasn't presented correctly until the end of the movie. But even then it was presented in a way that we have to, like, hit you over the head with it so you got it. I don't know, like, 
and and you, like you you've got a point, but to me, when you bring in like the brainwashing, it's it might as well be a fucking magic spell. Like you really never had the choice to be yourself. At every given moment, they chose to be themselves when they could. That's true. Oh. And it if still it magic, never worked out. Would the movie have been better if it was magic? <laughs> Like, if this weird thing suddenly entered the end of the picture, they're just like, she's a witch. And she's just, oh, fuck it. Sabrina, she's part of the oh, Archie world, is. too. So, oh, my God. So magic exists in this world. So Melissa Joan Hart shows up at the I'm very whoa, 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 whoa. big twist we, ending. We could have just had someone cat. named Sabrina. We don't need to have Melissa Joan Hart roll up on here. That's, oh, <laughs> I had to make a reference. Oh, I, that's fair. It's been about five minutes. Wow, is she come up in your daily? Of, of no, daily no, no. It's been five minutes since I made a reference on this podcast. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> I thought you like were really into the Melissa Joan Hart, Joey Lawrence fanfic. You were just yes. uh, is that is that to show? No, no, uh, uh, no. Okay. I was my brain was kind of misfiring. I oh, was trying. That's, I was that's cool. Yeah. So they have a boy band in the movie. That kind of starts the movie off. Yeah, we had to save this for last, I think. Um, the boy band of the movie, the, the members of the band, well, there's three famous people and the other guy. And another guy who kind of looks like Ethan Hawke, but uh, we looked it up. He's oh, he's done nothing. <laughs> this would be his claim to fame. When you um, check his IMDb, it's known for, first, Josie and the Pussycats. Second, nothing. Yeah. So... This boy band called DuJour, mm. which is Seth Green, known as Travis, Brecken Meyer as Marco, Donald Faison, DJ, mm. and the other actor who's known as Les. Because, <laughs> really, who cares? <laughs> and I'm sorry if you're listening to this, dude. Sorry. I wonder if that's on purpose. Probably. That's, that's it actually really clever if it, it is. It doesn't matter. Okay. But they are the boy band that... Basically, is the conglomeration of all the boy bands, all the boy bands at that time. Where it's it's all white people who are like, no, Donald Faison. (laughs) Yeah, but really, he's not black in this. (laughs) He he is not. He's about as black as Rosario Dawson is Latina in this movie. There is no colors in this. They all are whited out because they don't know how to write. For I, people no, of fair. color. And that's, that's offensive to me is that two white people wrote this. We're like, well, we don't know how to write for people of color, so we just going to make them white. It's, that's wrong. Granted. But anyway, that's that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but so they're the essence of NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. Guess, 98 Degrees. <laughs> what was another one? Um... <laughs> O-Town. Oh, shut your face, O-Town. Yeah, oh, I'm digging into the same goody files in my brain. <laughs> Remember one of those kids from O-Town graduated from one of the schools in our yeah, district? We were working by. at the store, and like his relatives kept coming in and buying out our signals so that, that she thought that if she bought them all, that would help the sales worldwide. Bless, well, bless her heart. <laughs> technically, it does. Yeah, really? You think those five CDs singles helped out? Because <laughs> singles. singles, remember those? Like, she'd come in, she'd let us know. Oh, this is my... My, my, my nephew, nephew is nephew, this. Yeah. He's on the cover. That's awesome. And he was like the nappy-haired fucking... Yeah, he was what I was about to get to. One. The white people that don't know they're white in these boy bands. Like, remember how black... Justin Timberlake was for a while there. Like, he was practically newbie in at certain points. 
Um, you know it's true. I, he was wickety-whack, yo. I have to force myself to agree with you because I really like him now. Well, yeah, but... Yeah, it happened. We all know it did. We just want to ignore it. <laughs> he justified he, it yeah, later. He, oh, you oh. son of a bitch. <laughs> What's up now? That's for all that Catwoman bullshit, fucker. <laughs> so they're a boy band in the movie. <laughs> and they're a terrible boy band. Uh, Breckenmeyer has the coolest oh. monkey named Dr. Zayas. That's all I wanted to get to. Let's. The, when, I mean, they're, which they're, my question to you and the viewers, viewers, my my question to you and the listening audience: If you have a pet monkey, do you just automatically name it Dr. Zayas, no matter the species, or Bubbles? That's creepy. Mm. He molested children in front of Bubbles. <laughs> I don't think allegedly. That, <laughs> I don't think that ever happened. Um, I think the entire. <laughs> Ooh. Lion just got drawn down the table <laughs> on the Michael Jackson front. <laughs> Don't worry, OJ still did it. All right, Lion has been erased. <laughs> I think the the entire the, the commentary on the boy bands is made in the single song that they do in the beginning <laughs> called "Backdoor Lover." Yep. I think and I well I like to assume and maybe I give too much credit, but in that one song, it is uh, it's essentially stating how. These songs that were, like, from these boy bands who, you know, of course, were not written by them and sold to, you know, young girls were edging on explicit and inappropriate. You think? Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It. This is... Spooky's calling it out. Shame on you, Backstreet Boys. What backstreets are you roaming? Do you sell drugs on those backstreets? <laughs> it was every time... All right, I'll tell this story. So I, this is relevant to what we're discussing. This isn't just Leland Grandpa hour of storytelling. I went to film school, as you know. I know that. I went to film school out of state. Yes. Uh, I happened to go to film school in the state that the Backstreet Boys live in. Oh, yeah. My roommates at the time, I lived with two girls. These two girls were obsessed with the Backstreet Boys we're in our 20s. They should not have been obsessed mm. with the Backstreet yeah. Boys. But nevertheless, they right. were. It became a joke in the house. <laughs> to the point where, like, their room was done up like mm. a 16-year-old girl's where my room is done up like a film, pretentious film student. I've got, like, my Godfather poster. <laughs> oh, The Godfather really is the greatest movie ever made. You know, mm. I'm, oh. Clearly. Yeah, I grew up. Indeed. So, mm, yes. I simply just does not, I have one time for that. The... <laughs> So one morning I get up, it's like a Sunday morning, I'm getting my coffee, I'm chilling. One of my roommates comes rolling in at like 7, 8 in the morning. Mm. She's still dressed from the night before, so clearly she has been not home yet. She's carrying a potted plant. Like a full-on plastic pot, like a plant. And As I, you do. I don't, I don't know what kind of plant it was, but it was big enough that it needed her to lift it with two hands and do the... Uh, drop it a couple pick it up again and lift it like a tiny palm tree go with that okay think, think that now you have a visual okay she comes in and i help her and i'm like what 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 are we doing where, where did this come this? from and she goes i stole it from the backstreet boys house see you ruined the joke oh my shit is that is that what happened <laughs> did she steal a backstreet palm tree she went onto one of their properties in the middle of the night and stole this tree off one of their porches holy <laughs> I don't know if it's a holy ball situation. It was just funny that I lived with her for like three years. 
this tree ended up being my tree because I can't let things die now, so I would take care of it. Like, I'm watering. I'm like, yeah, throw some water in there. You know, I'm not, like, pruning the tree or anything, but this tree went to two different apartments with me and her. Like, I'm not going to... Yeah. So they were obsessed. That... I, I don't know specifics if it was like they got dressed in black and like crawled through the bushes to get to it, but it happened. It's a thing that happened. Like sexy ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, depends on what you're into. But like, yeah. Wow. So never, I guess what I'm getting at, one, it's a funny story, but two, never ever underestimate the power of boy bands on girls. <laughs> Why have you never told me this story before? I feel I have. I can't. This is one of my. Dude, this is always in my gun, ready to go. <laughs> this is my. What is my like? So this one time, <laughs> you know, well, shit stayed in the corner of like three different apartments that I lived in in, wow. in that state. It was unbelievable. You you nurtured the backstreet palm tree. Ew. <laughs> Sounds like a dirty book. Well. <laughs> Sounds like a girl that hasn't taken care of herself. <laughs> Nasty. Oh, Sandy, yeah, she got the Backstreet Palm Tree. <laughs> Nasty. But nevertheless, DeJour is really funny in the movie because Seth Green and Breckenmeyer and Donald Faison are amazing. Yes. <laughs> All uh, three do Robot Chicken, and we are pro-Robot Chicken. I kind of feel like... HQ. I kind of feel uh, it's like just all ad-libbed. Oh, there was no script. Yeah. They Not just, there. No, they were like, you need to get these points yeah. across in it, work amongst yourselves and get that done. Alan Cumming, theatrical actor. Yeah, he's very Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to keep up. The with outtakes these, with these three would be amazing to watch. Yeah. I want, I want to see the alternate like cuts and lines. <laughs> <laughs> the, the extended edition of Josie and the Pussycats movie. And I'd <laughs> Where like... one of them gets addicted to coke heroin or oh, cocaine. Yeah. And they have to save her a la Uma Thurman Pulp Fiction style. <laughs> Tara Reed. Obviously. Now, you know what? No, it did happen. Tara Reed's life became a real mm. VH1 behind the music. Wild on Tara? I had a buddy that had a theory that <laughs> E! Entertainment Television knew that she was going to die someday, so they just prompted a show to make sure they had the first exclusive look. That shit was going to be huge. Yeah, because they followed her around watching her just get drunker and drunker every time. Also, why they gave Anna Nicole Smith a show. It is true, and that show killed her. So, knock it off, media. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a joke, but it's also kind of not, guys. <laughs> And then her son died, too. Yeah. Well, if you ran Nicole Smith's kid. No. I just feel bad for that baby. Oh, the millionaires? Oh, I, I'm just crushed for her. <laughs> no. Yeah, sucks. She grows up without her parents. I get it. She's but good. she has 400 million reasons why it's okay. <laughs> Money don't buy happiness, Leland. Yes, it does. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're right. Money does not buy happiness. But it does buy me a big screen TV, and that typically kind of makes me a little happy. Do you like watching movies on a big-ass screen TV? <laughs> Anything else you want to throw in on Josie and the Pussycats? Not a good flick, but not a terrible flick. Would you say to watch this? Would you ever recommend this to people? Uh, this movie, uh, within our alcoholic scale of terribleness, four. I kind of feel... four. 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 So I can dance along with the bad music. Three. 
we're about the same. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, and honestly, it's only a three because I adore Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah, she you has, were uncomfortable during the whole movie. She has gorgeous eyes that I just want she to... She has anime eyes. I, I love her. And they gave her anime hair and anime mm. eyes. Yeah, she just was... Yep, nothing wrong with any of that. She was like, anime. Nothing wrong with any of that. Uh, and I love Rosario Dawson. I love me some Rosario. So mm. every time she rolled up, I was like, oh, look... You and clerks too. You dirty. You like dirty humor. <laughs> I, I would like to just randomly run into Rosario Dawson in a bar, uh, drink, get drunk, and then she just leaves me in an alley, and it'll still be the best story I've ever had. I'll be honest. I did not know where you were going with that. Oh, and I'm nobody glad knew. that you ended good. Nobody knew <laughs> because. Don't you dare talk shit about Rosario Dawson. All I, think, I think at this point, people who listen to the podcast oh, they expected know. me to go zig. <laughs> I zagged. She's the one that left me. <laughs> In a dirty alley, missing a kidney. <laughs> have you seen this movie? If so, let us know. Or do you have a, like, a hatred or a love of the cartoon-turned-live-action film? Or, have you ever stolen a palm tree from a famous person's house? Yeah. Have you ever stolen something from a famous person's house? Oh, my God. If you have, please email us. I really want to hear that story. We will read them on the show. I will omit names. I will change my yeah, choice we'll, we'll, to protect your identity. It's allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly we stole a palm tree. allegedly ever stolen. <laughs> so you can reach us at movieissues at gmail.com, or you can just go to our website, which is movieissues.com. We're on the Facebook. We're on the Twitter yeah, you know how to do all that, so I'm going to stop explaining it every week. I'm not going to insult your intelligence. So that is Josie and the Pussycats. Did you like the music at all? Um, I'll admit that it's one song was catchy. I'll, I'll admit it, it's catchy, but that can be like you, that can be formulaic. You can make a well, song catchy. Yeah, yeah. How do you think? Britney I would, Spears has a career. I would never. Oh no! I didn't ask you if you'd buy this. No, no. <laughs> like, I want to download it for free. <laughs> Oh, no, clearly not. You're not the TRL listener. No. Nope. <laughs> Remember TRL? Oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> so weird it got so big. It was, it was a thing. Yeah. For a while. And then unnecessarily long. And then just went away. Yeah. It just kind of, like, cleared up. Well, I think... I like think, a bad rash. I think Carson left... And after that, they tried. Did they have they, another host? Like, if he did. took a day off, did someone else, like, bomb in? I know celebrities would come in now and then. Yeah. Like, didn't fucking Jay and Silent Bob go on it at one point, I would assume? You know what? It was big enough, probably, promoting yeah. something. Eh, doesn't matter. TRL, it was a thing. Just like this movie. They all happened. We can't deny it. That is us. I am Leland, here with my good friend and sidekick. I'm Spooky. We'll, we'll see you next week for our final installment of... Music Movie Month. And I'm apologizing in advance to Spooky now (laughs) for next week's movie. I am not looking forward to this. But I am, because it's going to be fantastic. Tune in next week for that awesome movie. (laughs) It's not awesome, y'all. I'm your best lover.